apologies. We're a little bit late, but we were just sitting here trying. We're, we're each taking bets uh, to see how quickly we could recap SmackDown tonight because we ain't going to need a whole hour to recap the two hours that we saw tonight on Friday Night SmackDown. In fact, we might just focus entirely on the opening segment, the end segment, and Rampage, because that might have been all that actually mattered tonight. But we'll dive into as much of it as we can. We'll get to all your comments, all your questions. Hi to Chris and Iori and everybody else who's joining us so far here on this Friday night. It is Smack Talk. We have made it, everybody. It is the freaking weekend, and we are ready to have some fun. I feel kind of lost, though, because there's no football that I actually care about this weekend. I got to wait another week. As you can tell, I'm obnoxious. I'm, I'm obnoxious with the orange and black. Uh, I'm, I'm on cloud nine as far as the sports world is concerned. I wish I could say the same about wrestling. SP3, how are you this fine Friday evening? My man who's all over the damn place. What are you doing? I, 25, 25 podcasts a week now? I am overbooked, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but yes, I am here and... Oh, thank God I'm here because the the first two hours of my night was about to go to sleep after spending most of the day, you know, doing podcasts and spending time with the family. But luckily, we had another hour that kind of woke me up. But I'm glad that we're, we got the whole team back together because the one the only Dutch Mantel is here with us. Did you oh, miss me? We did. Yes, we did. Did you, did you miss we, me? Yeah, like yeah we had to do 90 minutes with Kenny Boland. Of course we missed you. Oh, I bet you miss me like Ted Bundy missed electricity. So, you know who I Ted mean, Bundy I mean, is? I yes, mean, even I if you know we, who he is, Sid? Yes, you know I do. Is? Yes, I oh, do. Okay, thank you. And thank even you. if even if we did, <laughs> having to, you know, spend more time did, with Kenny Bolin would make us miss you. <laughs> oh, you love Kenny. I mean, I, we, yeah, were, we were we were oh, yeah, literally but, pleading with the the higher ups to just say just let just let me and Sid do it, please. Just let me and Sid. Yeah, do it. We'll yeah. knock it out in twenty minutes, and it'll be good. Everybody can go to sleep early. Well, oh, let yeah. me get to let me do a little house cleaning here. Congratulations on your team, Rick. I mean, they're they're for real. That quarterback is for real. So, oh, and I was I was oh, I was pulling for them last week, and they they came through. So, oh, congratulations. It looked, it, look, it looked dreary early. I was, I was not in a good mood, but either way, I was going to end up crying at the end of that football game, and I did. And at least it was either, uh, either, either way. Either way, so, I was going to be, so I was going to be drunk so, and crying at the end of that football game, one way or the other. And uh, at so, least, so you're, you're admitting to crying. Oh, of course I am. Yes, just like every other person my age who has never watched a team win a championship in their life in the city of Cincinnati. Yes, we were all crying uh, that Sunday evening. That is for sure. You know what, Ricky? Fine. Root for your team. It's cool. We're good. You can root for your team. You can what be on the other side of history. What were the What were the other? Didn't you have two Cincinnati teams go to the Super Bowl before? Yes. But never won it? Never won it. And it wasn't really in my cognitive lifetime. There was 81 in the 88 season. And I was mm -hmm. born in 1988. So, and the Reds won in 1990. So I was two years old. So I have my, in my, again, my cognitive lifetime, I've never seen a team of mine win a championship that could finally come to an end a week from tomorrow. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, Ozzy. Yes, don't Ozzie. be crying. What, so what does it say? I, if the Bengals no win Bengals. a Super Bowl, I will cry and I will film it and I will put it on Twitter. I promise you that will go down. I'm saving it. Saving it. Go it's viral. Like, the crying Bengals fan. 
You'll be like this. You'll be like the CM Punk fan. The crying CM Punk fan. It's kind of like everybody who's buying up all the AFC championship gear. I'm like, guys, no, I ain't doing that. I ain't saving that. I'm buying the Super Bowl gear. That's what that's what I'm having. I'm buying the Super Bowl gear. Anyway, uh, I've been putting off uh, talking about pro wrestling, but we uh, let's let's put away the happy talk about my Bengals and let's. Oh no, I didn't mean to say happy talk. We'll get to those guys. Uh, unfortunately, we'll get. To those guys. <laughs> but let us start with the opening of the show tonight on SmackDown. Again, we're not going to spend a lot of time on SmackDown because not a lot happened. It wasn't really worth talking about. Uh, but we open up with Roman Reigns, still your Universal Champion after he technically defeated Seth Rollins, I guess. Rollins won by disqualification. Uh, and then they just glossed over all that. We ain't going back to any Seth Rollins stuff. I guess that'll be open for a later date in time. But Paul Heyman spent a lot of time on the microphone here, which is fine because Paul Heyman is really, really good uh, on, on the microphone, and he he laid it all down, right? He, he served up this this master plan of his. He, he set it up, said he deserved the ass kicking that he got from Roman Reigns tonight, said he, he never should have doubted his tribal chief. He ends up going back to, to Brock Lesnar, the, the overall wearing ponytail-looking schmuck, as Paul Heyman called him, and then he said he started acting like a schmuck winning the WWE championship immediately going after Roman Reigns. And he said he felt stuck. And it was at that moment in time that he knew what he had to do. He had to turn his back on the beast and go back to Roman Reigns. And now where it looks like we're all set up moving into WrestleMania season. Sid, you said you really enjoyed this opening segment tonight. Um, I liked Heyman stuff. Although I do have a nitpick, as per usual, I'm sorry. Sure, yeah, but, go ahead. What's the but nitpick? as good as Paul Heyman is, and as good as the talker, and as good as all this sounds, it makes zero sense. It doesn't make much much sense. It would have been better if he said like this was all a ruse from the beginning. Like we we that's we said what he should have said. We said this yeah. immediately after the angle went down that. <clears throat> He, this should have been a ruse all along to get Heyman back on the good side of Brock so he could turn on him at exactly the right time, which was the Royal Rumble. But they instead went their route of over-convoluting things, and it feels like they they had a direction of where they were going with the story, and they just expected Heyman to kind of talk us into an illusion of trying to make sense of this, but it didn't make sense. But Heyman was good for what he did. And then we got the surprise after that. Well, not really a surprise if you read social media and the dirt sheets, but Bill Goldberg came out and challenged uh, Roman Reigns, which is a big, high-profile match. Regardless of how you feel about Goldberg or seeing the 55-year-old in 2022 go after a championship after he's lost his three last championship matches, however you feel about that, Goldberg is still a star. And Goldberg versus Roman Reigns is a match WWE's wanted to do for two years now. They get it done in Saudi Arabia. We don't have to see it at WrestleMania. I think this is the best of both worlds for WWE. So I like this segment overall, despite the nitpick of what Heyman said. It made no sense in this whole story. Uh, Feel free to send in Super Chats if you would like. DJ Eric says, go Bengals. And he says, my match on YouTube is phenomenal. Well, thank you, DJ Eric. I really do uh, appreciate that. I sent that, match, <clears throat> I sent that match to Kenny. You have a, match on you, you have a match on YouTube? The, the, the one that you saw. 
the the one and only oh, match okay. that I had before my back decided that I was 34 and I shouldn't wrestle anymore. <coughs> I shouldn't wrestle anymore. Excuse me. I did send that match to Kenny Bolin as requested, and he he never wrote back, so I guess he never watched it. Anywho, uh, Dutch WWE could have had a really cool thing there, as I agree with Sid. The double agent thing would have been a lot simpler, a lot easier, but I guess they thought that was too obvious and decided to go with this this other route here. Well, he was explaining it, and I'm listening, and it was making sense up to a point. But then when he said he took the punch and all this, that should have been the ruse. He, ne- he never got beat up. He just wanted to look like he got beat up. How else would he be getting up from a super punch from Roman Reigns, and he's like 65 years old? He wouldn't have got up. But if he'd have worked it, yeah, it, it made sense then. And then, but his interview was... It was it was not bad, but like like Sid says, it didn't make a lot of sense if you break it down. Right. And then I kind of liked it till Goldberg showed up, and that's when it went to hell in a handbasket. So you are not a fan then of Goldberg versus Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber. Goldberg got over because they put him over for months and months and months and months, and he never could he never could work. He's just a big University of Georgia linebacker or whatever, and he looked tough, and he may be tough. But that's how they put him over. But I was—I never was a fan of Goldberg because he—he he doesn't talk. He just stands there and grimaces and and does his eye. And I'm saying, damn, he's got some damn mental problems. And when I was listening to him, but I, no, I wasn't a fan. I was a fan of the of the segment until Goldberg came out. I'll say this much. I, I do agree, you know, with Sid. He is still a draw. The fans were chanting his name. You know, they they were excited when his music hit. So, obviously, he still pops the the casual audience, if the casual audience still does exist. Um, and at least there technically is some history now between these two because this match, which was thrown together for, you know, WrestleMania, actually did not happen because Roman Reigns decided to take you know, his sabbatical basically from, from WWE during the height of the uh, pandemic originally. So yes, this, these two guys were supposed to meet. There is some history here. I understand it. I also do understand if you, if you are sour on Goldberg, because this is what they have been doing uh, with him until Bobby Lashley put his hands on his son. It's been rinse, wash and repeat uh, with Goldberg. He'll show up. He'll say, I want a title match and he loses. He shows up, he says, I want a title match, and he loses. They did that three times in a row before he beat Bobby Lashley in his final match, and now he's going to do it again. But if you look at it this way, this is exactly what Lita did on Monday Night Raw. Look this way. A legend who showed up. I'm looking at I wanted a title match and said, Let's let's fight in at Elimination Chamber. And people were ecstatic to see Lita versus Becky Lynch. At the bottom line, Sid, at its basic point, this is the exact same thing yeah that's exactly the thought i had as well i was like a returning star comes back for saudi arabia event to verse the one of the top stars in the company in a title match that's basically the same thing we got on (laughs) on monday night raw except we haven't seen lita in a while so absence makes the heart grow fonder and lita is one of the greatest female performers in wwe history whereas goldberg like dutch said he's a 
a very limited performer overall throughout his career. He does one thing very well, but what he's done well over the last couple of years for WWE is draw ratings, is be that guy that brings eyes to the company. And this is a matchup that WWE feels fans want to see. I'm not saying that fans do want to see it. I'm saying that WWE feels like fans want to see this and they feel like the fans of Saudi Arabia will enjoy this. And it makes that card feel bigger. You got the elimination chamber match with Lashley and Lesnar in there. You got Lita and Becky. Now you got Roman versus Goldberg. That's a big time pay-per-view just on paper alone. Yeah. it's 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 a big card and Saudi Arabia is the right venue for it. I think. Yes. Yeah, I, I would do they, agree with do that. They, so let me explain Explain Saudi Arabia. Do they sell tickets or does the I, government just hand it out? It's paid I, for by the government, correct? Yeah, they pay them $50 million per uh, per show, I believe. And $50 million. It's a lot of money. Whatever yeah. the hell it is, it's a ton, a ton of money. I think they made more money off of their two Saudi Arabia deals than they did off of WrestleMania last year i think that mm-hmm. was that was an accurate statement they make a lot of money which is why they go and they do these shows um and basically if you look at what elimination chamber is shaping up to be it's basically a mixture of what their typical saudi arabia pay-per-views are which are the well we're going to bring back the legends we're going to bring back the goldbergs of the world we're going to trot them out there and then oh yeah we're actually going to have some some matches that are going to mean something that head into wrestlemania so it's going to be kind of a mixture of crown jewel and elimination chamber and i like the idea of them doing this goldberg versus roman reigns match because there's no chance in hell that goldberg is going to win uh this matchup so i'm not going to feel nervous at all heading into this so i'm just going to try and and enjoy the ride uh and and watch the match go down you mean this stuff is set up or something yeah is that what you're saying yes that's what i'm saying yeah because it's going to look really really because i'm telling you what man if it was, Ronda Rousey's going to look real foolish for picking Charlotte when she loses the title to Naomi next week. They definitely haven't telegraphed what this big matchup is going to be next week, but we will. Oh, yeah. Uh, we huge. Will huge. I, I, we, got a, I, we got a super chat here from uh, Rowling Curtis who says, wait, what was complicated about Heyman's promo? I usually do this on Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. It's called my anger translator for Rick when Rick gets angry. I'm going to do every other person explaining this Paul Heyman promo. Because Paul Heyman, like I said, is one of the greatest promos of all time. So he makes stuff sound great. But this is why it was complicated. Because this is basically what he said, ladies and gentlemen. You remember that thing that I said I felt? Well, the reason that I felt it is because I did felt it, but then I didn't feel it anymore, and I was wrong for feeling that way. So then when it, when my guy went over to the other show and got in my former guy's face, that changed my mind, and I didn't feel that more, and I felt like my feeling was wrong. That's basically what he said. That's very complicated. He didn't need to do all that, just say that he said that from the beginning to get on Brock's good side. That would have been a lot more simpler than the complicated promo that Paul Heyman uh, expressed eloquently but that's basically what he said. He said the feeling that he felt, he got, it was confused, then he didn't feel it, he only felt it this way because of that, and then these two got involved. It was very complicated, that whole promo. And, and especially when all they had to say, literally all they had to say was, I was a double agent. 
Like that's the only angle that that's I it. Mean, that's it. That, that's it. The sometimes I'm agreeing the with simplest, you. Yeah. obvious answer is the right one to go. So if they and thought, they ah, talked, that's just it. They should have talked yeah. how stupid, how stupid uh, Lesnar was for even falling for it. Exactly. So they thought, you know, but they, but Heyman says, I knew it would work because I know Brock Lesnar. So that's all he had to say. Yeah. Is he played, he, he played him like a, like a violin and he, and he sang the tune. That was all he had to say. And people would have believed that because now Paul is supposed to be this master tactician and he figured it out and it worked. So, so let me ask you this Dutch, cause what do, what do you think about them setting up these matches? I mean, we all know they're heading in that direction, right? Brock immediately shows up on Monday and says, Hey, I'm challenging Roman Reigns, like no suspense whatsoever. We knew it was coming, but now he has this match against Goldberg, which I do think would have been a bigger deal two years ago at WrestleMania when Goldberg had the championship and he didn't lose one, two, three, he's lost one, two, three, four, five of his last eight matches. So he doesn't really have the, you know, the, the streak element to it. He's not as that, that unbeatable mythical, you know, figure that he was Mm. back in the day. So I think that would have had more to it, but should they have waited until after, especially with Ronda and Charlotte until after, Charlotte has this match with Naomi and after Elimination Chamber with Roman defending the title against Goldberg, because, I mean, it really does telegraph these results. Well, how long have we said about Naomi and uh, Sonya? When are they going to really pull the trigger on it? Sometimes they go too long. Sometimes they don't go long enough. I don't know what their thought processes are during these creative meetings, but... I don't even know what they're thinking, to tell you the truth. But if you want to sit down and just pick it apart, you can pick it apart. Yeah. But that was just, a, like Sid says, that was a, it made me not believe it by the way Paul explained it. I don't know. It, it would have been better, like you said, if he said it was a setup from the beginning and Lesnar was too stupid to even see it. So I think it would have been a hell of a lot. And I told effect. Roman, I told Roman it would work. Yeah, think what now? I'm just saying, I think it would have been uh, you, a, a lot more effective as well. And and I it would not so. have taken the first 18 minutes of the show tonight. That was 19. a live segment. Yeah, yeah which, by the way, the opening of the show, all right, was a three-minute package recapping something that happened at the Royal Rumble. Roman's music hits. They are on him for a minute, and then they go and do another three-minute package from something that happened at the Royal Rumble. So the first seven minutes was mostly video package. And then we get Heyman talking for 15 minutes and then Goldberg <laughs> comes out and he talks for two minutes and then we set up a, and then we, we were set up for our title defense and then we're moving on to the next thing, which was Ridge Holland versus Ricochet. This match was about three minutes long. Uh, Ricochet picks up the win that leads to a tag team match, which wasn't very long at all either. And then Ridge Holland, who lost the singles match, picks up the win in the tag team match by pinning Cesaro. So it's like no one gets over. Who gets over? Nobody. Who, no, it's just 50 50 booking, but week by week is bad enough. You had it within five minutes, you had 50 50 booking tonight. They're just making content, not making sense, <laughs> making content. That's all they're doing. 
That's the quote. That's the quote, ladies and gentlemen. Put the put it up, writers. Dutchman. That's it. That, that's it. That they're basically channeling today's young people. We're we're just gonna churn out content. Most of it's gonna suck. Hardly any of it's gonna make sense. But here you go. Just fresh freaking content all over the place for everybody. Yeah, that that was one match you could just went by and not even said anything about it because nobody remembers it. Nobody got over. Nothing changed. Let's just go to the next match. Which like, was li- what? Like literally, I I said to Rick before we went live. I was like, only WWE could give me two Ricochet matches, and I don't care. Mm-hmm. I did not care about either one of them. And look, mm. I I thought. The only good thing that I can say is Ricochet did his damnedest to to sell, to make Ridge Holland look incredibly well. Uh, yeah. When he got basically blasted up into the middle rope, you know, I was like, okay, that was pretty cool. But other than that, like, again, nobody got over. I feel incredibly bad for Cesaro, who didn't even get in the damn Royal Rumble match, and then he's losing the tag team match tonight. Ricochet and Cesaro are two guys that could really help carry SmackDown, and they are doing nothing with them. They just are actively deciding to just do nothing with them. If they're on the show, more often than not, they lose, and they're not doing anything of any substance whatsoever. And and frankly, it's it's a damn shame. Dutch, this is a guy, your boy Cesaro, this is a guy who yep. getting heavily pushed heading into last year's WrestleMania, beat Seth Rollins at WrestleMania, got the title match with Roman Reigns last year, and they just said, screw it. You, you, can't, you can't make sense of it. Remember my, my saying that Sid liked, they're making content, not sense. So, and that's the, they've done it for years. But you can watch this whole show and fall asleep in the middle of it, wake up, not miss anything. No. What was I mean, the next nothing match? Oh. Uh, I think it, a tag match, wasn't it? Uh, no, it no. wasn't. Uh, I will those? say, I, dis- I disagree with this statement. I Cesaro... Should have been a draw, could have been a draw. But again, I think anybody can be a draw, but if they have talent, which Cesaro does, but the booking just kills people. And it just, just like, just like what we said with this entire tag team match, you had four people involved in two matches. Nobody got over tonight. The next match was completely and totally pointless. It's uh, time for uh, SmackDown's annual tag team tradition of having the champs and challengers face one another several times before their title match. We had Eric versus Jimmy Uso. Uh, This match went three minutes. There was a distraction that led to Eric getting super kicked and splashed, and it was over. That was it. That was it. That was a nothing nothing match. Nope. Filler. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing to say. I don't have anything to add to that because I wanted this to be a good match, but did last night it didn't last long enough to even get there. So that so that the match Uso and and the Viking match was a single. Yeah, yeah. It was Eric okay. versus. Jimmy I got it. Uso. I got it. I got it. I'm getting confused. Yeah, I'm thinking about. I'm still thinking about Cesaro. I'm Speak- brain damaged. I'm Dane damaged. Let's just keep moving on here because there's literally nothing else to say about that match. Uh, I'm pretty sure next week we'll get Ivar versus uh, Jay Uso, and it'll probably go very, very similar. Um, and we're getting the Usos versus Viking Raiders at Elimination Chamber. At the end. Exactly. Like I said, it's the annual tradition of champions and challengers in the SmackDown Tag Team Division facing each other six or seven times before their actual title match to where the point is you don't want to see this title match anymore. 
And there's already a lot of people who aren't interested in this title match at all, period. I mean, luckily, luckily for them, really? they only got two weeks. They only got two Correct. weeks. Like, yes, we only got to get one. It's not like the Mysterios versus the Usos where we got, like, 46 versions of the same singles <laughs> matches. Correct. Correct. Uh, the next match was another rematch. Uh, Aaliyah versus Natty. I got to give Aaliyah credit. I actually I thought she looked really, really good in the ring. She works really well with Natalia. But again, this is another case of nobody gets over here because it's another fluky win where Natty loses count of the 10 count and Aaliyah gets a victory via count out and her character is still a t-shirt and I'm just happy to be here and everything is awesome and this, that, and the other thing. They're not doing her any favors with the character work. They're not doing her any favors with the booking either. And guess what? We're getting it again next week. Another match between Aaliyah and uh, Natalia. And, and, and but, what is this? A dungeon rules match or whatever the hell it is. A what? Basically, pinfall and submission only. So it's a so it's a, a no DQ match. Yeah, it's a no so DQ. A no match. DQ. Yeah, but, Nata- but it's Natalia, so they had that. to say dungeon rules or or whatever the hell it was. It better be in the goddamn dungeon if it's <laughs> hey, dungeon rules. I saw Aaliyah like start uh, Natalia on the outside. Natalia ran a half a mile and then threw herself into the wall, knocked herself out, and missed the count. Stupid. And I'm saying, oh my God, it was a stupid finish. So that, but that's them. I don't know. And this, this is this is going to be the fourth match that they've had. Look, I'm all for like there being secondary women's feuds, and we do actually have a couple, you know, on the show. Of course, the one with Sonia and Naomi has been going for for months, and we don't know oh, why, and we still don't know why. Still don't know why. At least it's progressed. I think they the wrote about this match. So. I think they wrote about that match in the Bible years ago, and it's still going on. <laughs> they started like two thousand years ago or something. <laughs> It's biblical almost. (laughs) I thought we were going to get something interesting though tonight because we, for a half a second, we saw Shotzi backstage, right? And then Drew Gulag walked up and started talking to her. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And no, all it was was just, oh, here's two superstars that we also have. And then here's Drew McIntyre with his sword. And I'm like, okay, I'm kind of interested in what the hell they could be talking about there. But it it just seemed like nothing to me, Sid. It was just, again, hey, we got these two also. That we're not going to feature at all, but here they are. Right, earn your check. Just do this yeah. quick little segment. No, no dialogue. Just be in front of the camera, fake talking while Drew walks by. Yep, we did get Drew McIntyre coming back. Said he told a doctor to kiss his ass uh, when he said he should miss WrestleMania. That was so, pretty good. Pretty much acting like anybody who like, said they're not going to get I a vaccine. It. They're telling their doctor to f off. Uh, he calls out the happy folks. Threatens Madcap with a sword, tells Cor- I thought this was one of the best lines of the night, which is kind of saying something, but <laughs> says if Corbin comes in the ring, he's going to draw blood. He swears to God. I thought that was pretty good. Forces Madcap to tell a joke. Clay mores him and then threatens to make Corbin's life a living hell. But yet, Sid, it isn't McIntyre and Corbin that was set up for Elimination Chamber. It was Madcap and McIntyre, a match that we've already seen on a pay-per-view get set up for Elimination Chamber again, which tells me one thing. Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania match is going to be against Baron Corbin, isn't it? Yep. That one or a handicap match against Corbin and Moss at WrestleMania I can also see. But they really love them some Madcap Moss if they're giving us two pay-per-view matches with this guy. This is the same guy that eliminated AJ Styles from the Royal Rumble. 
I, I, they they love him. I think that he's he's athletic in the ring, but yeah, His character just, sucks. Yeah, I'm just not into the character at all. Did you see the last message that Natalia and uh, I mean Naomi and uh, whatever it was biblical? <laughs> he said it was a co-main event to David and Goliath. It's pretty good. Great line, great comment right there. That that was good. That was good. That was good. Yeah. Co-main event to David and Goliath. <laughs> Dutch, what did you think about uh, Drew in the happy It sucked. Place? It sucked. I mean, I kind of used to like Corbin. Sid did, too, when he was broke. Yeah. But now he puts that stupid hat on. He dresses up. He looks still looks like crap. And Madcap Corbin, I don't even know. I mean, Madcap Moss, I don't know where, even know where he came from. I never even knew of his existence before, like, six weeks ago. But I, I just don't see I don't see it. They're not funny anymore. They're irritating. They're channel changers. It's heat, Dutch. It's I don't heat. get it. They get yeah, with heat. me. They get precious, yeah, precious heat. <laughs> heat. Give oh us the heat. God. The next match on the show was uh, Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal. This was another quick match. Really didn't have anything other than to give Nakamura a win ahead of his Intercontinental Championship match, which, by the way, is not going to be in Saudi Arabia because Sami Zayn does not go to Saudi Arabia. He's not allowed to go to Saudi Arabia. So the Intercontinental Championship match is going to happen in two weeks on February 18th, which means, by the way, unless Nakamura retains it and then has another title defense the next night, we are going to go at least a full calendar year without the Intercontinental Championship being defended on a premium live event. It is going to go wire to wire. The last time the, Inter think... the Intercontinental Championship was defended on a pay-per-view was at last year's WrestleMania and the Nigerian drum fight. Wait, but Elimination no, I don't think the nobody... last the last pay-per-view before WrestleMania? Isn't there like Fastlane or something? Oh. Oh, well, that's news to me. That's also news to me. I totally forgot that Shinsuke Nakamura and Jinder Mahal happened on this on this show <laughs> until you just mentioned it. So no. yeah, I don't think nobody cares. To tell you the truth about that championship, I don't think nobody cares about Rick Boogs or whatever his name is and Dan Nakamura. I don't think nobody cares now. They just they just well, let them languish. You, you like that word languish? They just yeah. let them languish there and. Not Look, doing anything nobody with cares them. about these guys or that championship because the company has told you that they don't care about the championship or those guys. Are you sure? If the company doesn't give a damn about anybody other than the top four people, and that was a report that came out this week, uh, Sean Ross at Fifle.com saying, Look, the locker room morale is at an all time low because I wonder why. Yeah. I mean, seriously, Hell, it's at an all time low with me. This is something that Sid and I have talked about on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast, which, by the way, I put the link in the chat, so please uh, subscribe to that channel. Uh, we really, really appreciate that. But this is something that we, we, we've we talked about and basically said the day before that this, this came out, if your name isn't Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, and now Ronda Rousey, nothing you do matters, and the company doesn't give a crap about you. And there are apparently a lot of people backstage who feel that exact same way and say, look, we don't have a voice in the company. We express our concerns to the producers and, and Vince directly. And they feel like they fall on deaf ears and the intercontinental championship Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs are the, are, are the perfect example of that there. If they cared about this title at all, 
when Nakamura couldn't <clears throat> wrestle for months because of an injury, they would have taken it off of him and put it on somebody else. But they didn't. All the all the agents, when a talent asks to speak to Vince, all the agents run interference and more or less block the way because, oh, he's busy. He doesn't want to be bothered. This is not a good time. Maybe some other time. And that's why the talent doesn't get in there. And when they do get in there, Vince is... He doesn't have a receptive ear to it anyway. This is what makes me think that something's happening that we're not aware of with the company because aren't they rumors now that it's, it could be sold to somebody. I mean, they made their first streaming deal with Disney. I mean, that was the company that you said that you had heard some, some rumors about possibly with Disney. So they, they may, they've inked their first contract with them. Um, but I mean, what they're, they're they're on their fourth quarter earnings. They said they made a billion, a billion dollars in 2021, a billion. The, the, the creative and the product is at an all time low, despite having a myriad of talent, very talented people at your fingertips. Creatively, it's at an all time low, well, but you're making more money than ever, which means they made a billion dollars. Bottom line starts being affected. They made a billion dollars with that product. Just think what they can make with me, you and Sid booking it. Boy, we'd all get it all messed up. We'd make two billion. <laughs> It'd be so messed up. Nobody could understand it. They'd have to come and buy the pay-per-views and all the merchandise to figure out what we were doing. But then it's too late. We already got the money. And we're already gone. It's it's just irritating, is, is what it is. <laughs> Cheer up, Rick. Cheer up. It's absolutely freaking irritating. You should be happy as hell. Your team's going to the Super Bowl. I am. I am. See, I, am. Right. I wish I still covered the NFL. Uh, anyway, so we get the backstage segment with uh, with Sonia and Naomi. Naomi wants another crack at Sonia for what she did at the Royal Rumble, and Sonia backs down and says, "No, no, no, no. We'll give you a championship match next week. Don't, don't, don't attack me. Go, go fight Charlotte." So that was set up for next week. Then we get the uh, the but okay. The deal is nobody can touch her. When she has the coat on, right? Uh, unless your name's Ronda Rousey. Yes, absolutely. And that's what I was getting ready to. We'll Ronda to Rousey that. just, she walked right through that coat. Like a big Enough. Joker. The big Joker is Ronda Rousey. We'll get to that in just a few moments because uh, we did get New Day and Los Lotharios, which was a really entertaining tag team match. Uh, I'll say this much, but I was confused because they, they, they kind of went out of their way to not call them the New Day. Big E didn't even get his introduction. Like you move Big E back with the New Day, and he doesn't even do his trademark introduction for the New Day. And Sid, did it? Did it kind of look like even in the backstage segment? And maybe this is just me, but did it look like in the backstage segment and even in the ring a little bit? Did it just look like Big E and, and Kofi were kind of going through the motions tonight? Did you get that sense at all? Uh, not really, Kofi, because I always feel like Kofi's having fun out there. Uh, Big E did look, uh, especially at the beginning of the matchup, he did look a little inje- dejected. Like it, it felt like he got into the matchup as it was going on, as you can, you know, felt the crowd was getting into yeah. the match and he could kind of turn it on at that point. But at the beginning, it did feel like he was a little dejected and I don't blame him. They I understand completely, it. completely given up uh, with him as a singles world champion in wwe as it seems right now at this particular moment at least heading into wrestlemania season it's not it, it's not going to happen for him and here's the thing dutch they just moved him 
This was a a a yep. former world champion, WWE yep. champion, just a, about five weeks ago. And Raw just hands him over to SmackDown. We never got yep. an explanation for him getting moved over. We never got uh, cash considerations, contract, nothing in the storyline. Just hey, Big E's over here now. Yep. It's all of a sudden he's with New Day. They break <sighs> up New Day, put the title on him. Then he goes because of their mix-up with Roman Reigns. They then they took the title. This is a demotion, putting him back with Kofi. And I understand. I understand how he feels. And and I exactly- bet he really he really wants to speak up. But what's he going to say? It's done. This is exactly know. what they did with Kofi too. So it's just like. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is what we we know they're going to do, what we should have thought they were going to do. This right here was a good matchup. I thought Los Lotharios worked well with them. There was a couple of really good near falls. They had an exciting finish at the end. So good stuff there. But overall, the overall feeling coming out of this was, damn, Big E. I feel bad for Big E. Yeah, I mean. Are they just going to go back to just, okay, hey, we're the new yep. day, we're happy, we're going to be chucking pancakes, and we're going to be wrestling yep. the Usos at WrestleMania? Like, is that pretty much yep. where, where it. we're yep. headed with this? Yep. That's it. I feel like they need – if they're, if they're <laughs> going to put the new – not that they would not that they would care. Not that they care because they don't care about the tag team division. We've already established they don't care about anybody except five people. Unless, you know – they need to do something different. If they're going to put all, all three of the members of the New Day together, how about making I would, sense a little bit? Yeah, make it that make would sense. Help yes, a lot. But give them something different to do. Let them evolve a little bit. Turn them heel. I know they're they're your biggest baby faces on SmackDown right now, especially in the tag yeah. team division. But do something different with them. Send them in a different direction. You had that angle that you were going to do with Kofi Kingston when he lost the WWE Championship. Do it with Big E. Have all a New Day turn heel. Do something different with them instead of just sending them back to what they used to be. Move or again, Steven, right down here, turn Biggie heel. I'm not saying turn all members of the New Day against one another. That's not what I want to see. I want to see collectively. No, the New I, think Day that's say, what I think that's what he was saying. And I'm okay with it at this point. I'm honest. Yeah. I'm honest. WWE have fallen into this trap. Like, you guys are all like, oh, you know, I want them to be the only team that doesn't break up and blah, 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 blah. WWE doesn't know how to do that. They get stuck in this holding pattern, and they will keep going back to this unless they break it up. They either go and break it up quickly, or they keep it together way too long. And we have gotten to the point that they have kept the New Day together way too long and keeping them together and not them having a proper breakup because that's the only story left to tell with them. Not them turning heel because that's how they started on their run of becoming this popular act was being heel. And that made them popular baby faces. So I don't think going heel is the answer. I think the breakup is the only story left for the for the new day to tell keeping them together is fine for i guess their legacy the only stable that never broke up okay great great fine and dandy they're gonna keep putting big e and kofi kingston former wwe champions in a goddamn tag team because you want to keep them you want to keep this team together damn didn't mean to make you hot about it <laughs> that might be something we need damn. to discuss on the believe in pro wrestling podcast when that uh, drops again at 7 a.m on monday uh doing a lot of self-promotion before i forget before we move on to the main event uh we have a big awards uh thing that we are doing here at uh at sports Keto wrestling we are taking votes uh all month long leading up to this big panel show that dutch mantel that you are going to be uh, a part of <coughs> yes 
Yes, I am. Explain it. I'm a, I'm a part of the panel. I am. Yes, you are yes. part of the panel. This is entirely fan voting uh, that is going to be going on here. If you look at the Sports Kita Twitter page, they have the link up there ready to go. Uh, for you guys to go out there and vote on all the uh, the year-end awards from last year. I know Dutch is going to be a part of it. I saw Al Snow is going to be a part of this. It's going to be a really cool, cool thing that's going to be going on with this panel uh, at the end of the month. Uh, I've kind of been out of uh, out of the loop a little bit. I don't have all of the details. If you follow me on Twitter, you know it's been a, a rocky couple of weeks for me personally. Uh, so I'm going to I'll get more details on this and, and do a better promo of it uh, next well, week I, on SmackDown. Well, I think we have two polls. We have the fan poll. And then we have the wrestler poll. Oh. So we're, ask, we're asking professional wrestlers themselves who they think should win. Gotcha. So gotcha, gotcha. you actually got you actually have two polls. But, and I called some wrestlers and asked them, and you know what some of them told me? And this is what I was, we were talking about a little earlier, maybe not on the, on the show here, but a lot of wrestlers don't even watch wrestling anymore. They said they, when they got out of wrestling, they quit watching it. So now, and I mean, that's what you did, right? You, you said before you started doing this show, it's been, it had been years since you sat down. Oh, it had been years because, because that's when I come up. I said, if I'm, if I'm burnt out on it, cause I have a reason to be fans that watch all this wrestling, they're going to be burned too. But if you like Sid says, if they keep doing the same thing over and over and over and not exciting them with any good, storylines or angles i don't see where the enthusiasm is going to pick up the, the the wwe dressing room at this point is dejected and their their the morale is down and i think the fans morale is down too because i think you can tell when a guy goes to the ring whether he's really into what he's doing doesn't matter if he's winning or not if he's just and some of them just go out there and they go through the motions and i, mean, I hate look. to see that because they got off a lot of these guys got a lot of talent, but sometimes yeah. it's hard to get up night after night after night. Now, before, you know, the pandemic, they were just doing two shows a week, but now they're back on the road again. So some of those guys are working five or six nights a week. And I'm sure they, some of them yearn for the pandemic days now when they could stay home and just make two shows. Yeah. But I, I mean, think I, what would what would help SmackDown if they just expanded their roster? It's not like they don't have talent. AEW does it. They put on guys you've never seen before. Yeah. And after you put them on a couple of times, they kind of get over on their own, whether I mean, they I, look, whether Isaiah they win or not. Isaiah Cassidy had a hell of a match, had a hell of a showing tonight. We, we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. And that's a guy who's not really heavily featured on AEW TV a whole lot. There's no re I've said this a million times. There's no reason. Why WWE can't do with the Intercontinental Championship or the United States Championship, like what AEW does with the TNT title, other than they don't want to. Uh, we did have the uh, real well, real quick before we get to the main event segment, we did have a uh, a super chat here. Really appreciate this, Rollin. Says if Heyman's stable plan had come to fruition with Brock defending the WWE title on Raw and Roman defending the Universal title on SmackDown, would this have been better than another Brock versus Roman feud? Um, I would think the stable would always lead to a Brock versus Roman yeah. feud. So I think that we, it's like asking the question of, uh, do you think this egg is going to become a chicken? 
Like it's it, that it one is gonna beget the other. It's not gonna just be a stable. It's it's gonna be a stable to create a matchup of Brock versus Roman. This is the yeah. match that Vince has wanted for years, and he keeps giving it us. He's done it twice now, and he wasn't able to get the result that he wanted each time. So now this year, he's finally gonna do. It. This is this is the WrestleMania that Vince wants. He's getting. Yeah. Charlotte versus Ronda Rousey. He's getting Brock versus uh, Roman Reigns. And then, yeah, I mean, those are the two big matches that he's always wanted, and he's getting them this year come hell or high water. Uh, we, uh, as I said, I kind of, you know, sp spoiled the lead there. Uh, the main event segment tonight <laughs> saw Charlotte Flair again. WWE going with the obvious route, but taking a convoluted route to get there with this main event segment. You got Charlotte in the ring with Sonya Deville. Sonya gets on the mic and says that she talked to Becky, and Becky says that Ronda told her that she's choosing Becky, and she expects a contract on her desk by you know on Monday or whatever. Charlotte gets on the horn. She starts talking crap on Ronda Rousey. Then all of a sudden, Ronda's music hits. She comes down. She tells Charlotte, you're not special. You're just first. You wanted it at WrestleMania. You're on. Sid, this is something that we've talked about for a week now them skipping over ronda rousey and becky lynch and going to ronda and charlotte loved the idea coming out of raw that charlotte would choose becky or excuse me would choose charlotte over becky out of spite and to to knock becky down on the card because that would be worse to her than taking her championship in the main event of wrestlemania is by not having becky in the main event of wrestlemania charlotte kind of talked about that a little bit tonight what did you think about the main event segment um a little stuff to like there was stuff to dislike like, I totally agree with you. That was a convoluted, like, whole setup from the beginning. Yeah. Like, saying that, teasing that we were going to get the match again of Becky and Ronda after you kind of already opened closed that chapter on Raw, starting it off that way, and then teasing Charlotte choosing Sasha Banks, who's just like, that's like when, when they had Danny O'Brien return before Royal Rumble 2015. If you want Roman Reigns to win Royal Rumble 2015, you should probably not bring up the guy that they like more. So if yeah. you want Ronda versus Charlotte at, at uh, WrestleMania, you should probably not bring up that Sasha Banks is the other option because those Sasha Banks fans are now going to hate this Ronda versus Charlotte match because yeah. they're going to feel like Sasha got cheated out of it. So that didn't work. But Ronda here, it was like, it was like a 180. Like it was like Ronda was kind of like real Ronda instead of playing a character on Monday. And then they had the over the, over the top fake crowd noise this tonight. They went with just letting the crowd be at the crowd, and they loved Ronda. They went yeah. with Ronda playing the babyface character that she came into WWE with, where she was smiling. But then when she went, when she was face to face with her challenger or opponent, she went to mean Ronda. She had great, good lines. This was the best of babyface Ronda. So yes. that was the good part out of this. And I love the fact she attacked Sonya Deville and gave no Fs whatsoever that Sonya was wearing a blazer because she's Ronda Rousey. The Ronda was the star of this entire set. Yeah. Dutch, this, this seems like a, a weird thing to do uh, mm. because they are, they're bypassing the Becky Lynch ronda match which is what the fans want they're bypassing charlotte versus sasha which is what the fans want and then 
and not all of them, but a, a good majority of them. Those are the two matches that I think a lot of people would like to see at this year's WrestleMania. And they're not doing them. And that's fine because they're still going to give us two really good matches. But they, they tease the two matches that the fans want and then give us something completely different. I don't understand the philosophy behind doing that. If you're not going to do those two matches, why even tease them? You're asking me? Yes. <laughs> I have no idea why they do that. I'm sitting there and I'm going, okay, that'd be okay. And, uh, oh, well, that might, that might be all right. Then they go somewhere else. Then she beats up damn uh, Sonya Deville and just ignores the coat. Yep. And now Naomi can't touch her, but Ronda beats the crap out of her and she's not suspended. So it just made. What did we end up with? That's all I want to know. We ended up with Charlotte versus Ronda, right? Yes, let unless let Naomi it, defeats Charlotte next week on SmackDown, which could totally <laughs> well, happen. Yeah, that which ain't could totally happen. I hope they don't involve Sonya Deville in it again. I'll tell you what. I mean, if you excited. keep doing this silly, silly finishes, people just turn it off. And that's why the, some of the guys I've talked to said they just don't even watch it anymore. And I've talked to a lot of old time fans. They said they can't watch. They don't watch it anymore. They're not excited by it anymore. You you can talk about you know different ways to watch the product these days. A lot of people watch on YouTube. This, that, and the other thing. It doesn't change the fact that the the wrestling audience has dropped substantially over the last few decade, last decade or two decades. Um, and there are a lot of reasons for that. Some of them aren't WWE's fault. There are a lot of them that are WWE's fault, uh, for sure. Let me ask you something, Rick. Yes, sir. And Sid, let me ask you too. No, just ask me. Just, see, see, Sid. You see how he is. Always, always. He's busting your chops at every. At every okay, time. fine. Just ask Sid. No. Okay. No, I'll ask both of you. How many people do you think are engaged in some form of pro wrestling in the United States? How many would you say? This includes referees and promoters and indie guys and everything else. How many would you say? And this is a guess. I got a guess. I'm going to say in the tens of thousands. Yeah, that would be my guess as well. Well, I'd say at least 15,000, I'd say. At least. I mean, we yeah. got, hell, in the Cincinnati area alone, we have like six or seven independent promotions. Now, granted, they fighting, use for, fighting for the same 50 fans. Yeah, yep. pretty much, pretty yeah, much. That's what now it's for, a lot yeah. of the it's a lot of the shared talent. Like, you know, you got guys who will wrestle for all seven different ones. But I mean, yeah, I mean, just actually like focusing on the independent scene here in Cincinnati alone. Yeah, mm -hmm. there's dozens upon dozens, hundreds of people in the greater Cincinnati area who are trying to work their way up through the uh, the indie scene to some of these bigger ones. So yeah, I would not be surprised if it's a ton. And I bet you. That makes up probably about 10% of today's wrestling fans, to be completely honest with you. <laughs> uh, I think it'd be more than that. But Look, I don't yes, think you have more than 3 million wrestling fans because it's the same 3 million people who are watching the show. If 3 million. I don't think you got 3 million. No, I don't think that. I think well, you may have 2, two million. I think it's I, 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 I think I think I three know. million is a is a better number, but yeah, yeah, I would say two million of that three millions are the ones that are watching wrestling on TV weekly. Yeah, yes. And all the podcasts they got they got seven billion five hundred thousand people in the world, yep. 
and seven billion of them have podcasts. <laughs> this is wrestling very accurate, pod- which makes it extremely dumb wrestling, for anybody out wrestling there. Podcast. Yeah. Yes, it makes it extremely dumb for anybody out there who recently launched a new podcast channel about professional wrestling. Uh, so again, subscribe to the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast on YouTube. Uh, that is B-L-E-A-V. That is me and Sid arguing a lot over professional wrestling. And I think we're going to have one of those uh, conversations about the New Day uh, on Sunday's episode uh, for uh, sure. So again, subscribe. One, one final thing I'll say about that final segment is it made me reaffirm what I told Rick on the Believe in Pro <laughs> Wrestling podcast that WWE is making the right decision of going with Ronda and Charlotte especially if their plan is for Charlotte uh, is for Rhonda to be a baby face because they, they didn't nothing really. They just had Charlotte cut a promo. They know Charlotte's hated and she cut a good promo to be more hated. And it set up Rhonda to be cheered like a baby face tonight. So they just need to keep going with this. Yeah. They, and it seemed like they keep going, right? Just keep going out the door, please go on. I'm tired of you. They, they you did. Know, you know, to... when you spent when you spent your life in professional wrestling, didn't you see this kind of stuff on TV? Like, didn't they sit down and talk about this? But that's what you got. You got these new writers that have never taken a bump. They've never been slammed. They've never done this. They've never done that. They've never been in a fight. But yet they're going to kind of structure this to where it makes sense. They don't pick it apart. Old time bookers that, that I used to work for, they would pick it apart and they'd pick the most glaring thing right away and say, Well, you need to take that out. Because that doesn't make a damn bit of sense. Because you you're we don't we didn't used to call them marks, we called them customers. That's what they are. But you can't insult them over and over and over again and continue to keep them as loyal customers. I mean, they made a lot of money, but I don't know if that's if how much money they made off syndication, how much money they made off Saudi Arabia. But if they had to go and work the house show route and make money off that, they'd probably have to file bankruptcy. Well, they would. Have I do to believe. They, I guarantee you, if they had to go that route. Becky Lynch would not be a heel right now. Ronda Rousey would not be a babyface right now. It seemed like they completely did abandon that whole I'm not trusting the audience angle that we saw out of Ronda like her first day there. This was full-fledged. Okay, I'm here. I'm in the ring with Charlotte Flair. I'm the babyface now. I'm in right. the ring with Becky right. Lynch. I'm going to be somebody completely different, and I'm going to hang in the middle. And they, nobody's constantly the same thing which I annoys me, but I kind of understand it at the same time because we're not all always good. We're not all always bad. We're all in this kind of gray area. So I kind of understand that. And and it is who you're in the ring with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see her being a baby face with, with Becky or Sasha. I can I can see that. Mm. But uh, I, don't know. Just I don't know. Hey, the big bucks tonight. I, I don't know. You, I, I got a headache listening to you guys already. Uh, Rollin Curtis with the big bucks tonight he says, I think people what? wanted Ronda versus Becky three years ago, but now with Becky wearing stuff, hey, Roland, I, I one week. and Shakespeare and puffy shirts the next week, Charlotte and Rhonda at, uh, have WrestleMania 35 energy. Becky does not. I know there are wow. people who like the, the big time Bex character. I love the big time Bex character. Uh, everybody else is, is just wrong. Uh, and that for, for I, mean, I mean, I mean, I can okay. only, you could you could be the the contrarian, but if it ain't working overall, it ain't working. Like I think that she is doing the character <laughs> justice, and she's doing the best she can 
But if she can't be a heel, this is what I said from the very beginning. Dutch is my witness. I tried telling you this from the very beginning. We both agree that WWE couldn't do well. You were optimistic enough to give Becky Lynch a chance. I was like, I was like, this ain't gonna work. She's not a good heel. She sucks at being a heel. It just doesn't work. And we here we are six months later, and she's still not I a good it. heel. No, she's not. Because because <clears throat> people like her. It's it, she's just easily like right. Some people can't be that they can't play the heel role, and a lot of them don't like it. They want to be like she, she likes it. She's not she's not really good at it, but she likes it because it's the best thing. That's why Rhonda wants to be a heel on her return because it does not matter how the crowd responds to you. If they cheer you, you're the cool heel. If they boo you, you're an effective heel. But heel, Becky yeah. is in a situation where she is a fantastic and one of the greatest baby faces in wwe history so by her being a heel she gets the worst reaction as a heel which is indifference where the fans don't know how to respond to her but i don't think they're booing her they're booing the company yeah, yeah. they they a lot of That's the time with, with this whole entire character it's been them booing the company or booing a line where she's she's very much saying please boo me <laughs> it's like like the, mm. that's my translation of a lot of, of the times that Becky Lynch gets her heat is her being like, please boo me. I'm 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 saying I'm making front of your town. I, I think like, this um please. <laughs> and and it's so weird that they would do this with you know, go this route with, with two of the characters that they actually give a crap about. Like Becky is in that glorified top five where you can tell they actually give a shit about her storylines. Yeah. And yet they're really trying to make this heel thing work. I'm enjoying her performances. I really don't care about the crowd reaction. I know everybody else does. Me, as a fan of Becky Lynch, I'm enjoying watching her work. I think she's doing a good job. But, yes, it's not working overall with the audience. There's no denying that uh, whatsoever. There was one other thing that happened in this main event. I'm actually I, – I, I'm hoping they kind of tease the fact that we might get Ronda Rousey and Sonya Deville in a match at some point. I hope they wouldn't do that being a, a glorified squash match in Ronda's favor. I have a feeling they might do that. But uh, I was excited to see her kind of mix it up with Sonya a little bit tonight. That gives me hope that they they might return to that later on. But I don't have too much hope on that because we're relying on WWE to return hey, to something. To be fair, when Ronda was her her best as a heel, she was opposite Stephanie McMahon, an authority figure. So yes. it would work. I think it would work well with Sonya. So Dutch, what do you think they do with Sasha Banks now? They they had her come back shooter with with a BB gun. In the legs, <laughs> they they had her. Oh, what did they do with her? Oh, okay. They had her come back last week at the Royal Rumble to kind of save the opening segment on that'd Friday Night good, SmackDown. That'd be a good a ratings thing if you just shot her with a BB gun. I don't know. You have. I'm just talking. The, I know you. Be sit, Rick. Be serious. Damn it! <laughs> it's always just jokes with you all the time. Just be serious for a second. But it's a so, serious business, you know that. Yes, right? I know. Listen. I know. What would you do with Sasha Banks at this point? They bring her back last week. They the, you make they make you think that they're heading toward, and this is before Ronda returns. They're making you think they're heading toward Charlotte and Sasha at WrestleMania. She makes this big return. She says, I'm ready to rumble. She comes out first, first or second in the Royal first. Rumble. She lasts like six minutes and gets tossed mm -hmm. by Queen Zelina. And now she's not even on SmackDown tonight at all. Not on the show. Not featured well, in the show. 
And now you got Charlotte and Ronda going this other way and they, they tease something for Sasha, but that ain't going to happen. Like, okay, where does, where do they go with Sasha Banks now? Well, when they figure they need her, they're going to put her over in this little office, this little booth and say, you sit over there till we don't have any more ideas. And somebody going to say, damn, Sasha is right there. Dad, why didn't you tell me? And then it said, bring her out and they'll throw into something, whether it makes sense or not. I mean, you guys act like this is kind of planned out. I mean, I don't think they plan it more than two weeks. They used to book. They told me one time, we know what we're going to do six months from now. And I went, bullshit. You don't know what you're going to do. See, you might know what buildings you're going to be in. You might know that six months out. But you don't know six months down the road what the, what the booker is going to do. Nobody knows that. Somebody could get hurt. Somebody could quit, leave, yeah. you know, I think it, pass I think away. It, I think it's smart to have an outline of what you want to do. And if you can. They don't, they don't even have that. <laughs> I think they have hieroglyphics. They go in there and look at this on the wall. Yeah, I understand it now. I think they've reached the point. I really do. I think they have reached the point where they I go. Think you've not, I think you've knocked them enough, Rick. I think you need to stop. <sighs> I think they have reached the point where they go, what is the damn point in planning long-term because Vince is just going to change everything at the last damn minute anyway? Yeah, no, they, that is their attitude right now. Yeah. Because he's done it for years. If he doesn't like it, because I used to go to TV and they say, what are we doing today? Well, we don't know. They're rewriting the show. It's 4 o'clock. <sighs> They're rewriting. How much they're writing? All of it. What? They said, he liked it last night, but he got here today. He didn't like it, so they're all in there rewriting it. They have actually been writing the show, the last of it, while the show <clears> has already on. started. Yeah, I've seen that. All right, we spent enough time on a crappy SmackDown. I can't believe we got an hour there. Uh, let's talk about Rampage, uh, the good show tonight. I think we'll all be in agreement there that this one uh, was was the, the better show. Uh, opened up with Adam Cole and Evil Uno. This was basically a glorified squash match. Sorry to Evil Uno. That was the right call. Uh, Adam Cole going over here. I loved Cole's, Cole's promo afterwards. Uh, basically still putting over his undefeated record, saying he doesn't give a flying crap uh, that he lost a lights out match uh, to Orange Cassidy. And he sounded pissed. And he sounded rejuvenated. And he sounded motivated. Like that, that loss to, to Orange Cassidy, even though it wasn't a loss, served a purpose because it lit a fire under Adam Cole's, you know, ass, where basically he's like, look, I'm freaking Adam Cole, baby. It doesn't matter what company, what brand, what show I'm on. Eventually, I rise to the top of the whole damn thing, and he is coming, Sid, after the AEW championship, which means that is most likely going to be our match at Revolution. It's going to be Adam Cole versus Hangman Adam Page, and sign me the hell up for that. <clears throat> yeah, this is a good one to go to, honestly, with like they're going to have about three weeks uh, to build it up after this Hangman Page, Lance Archer, Texas death match on Dynamite. And this is a matchup that has plenty of history. It's similar to WWE going to Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins before like three weeks before the Royal Rumble because they didn't have to do much. All they had to do was go through the video package and Cole and Page don't have to do much. All they have to do is cut the promos about 
their history together. These are two guys that entered the Bullet Club together, which they went on to the best success of their careers. Adam Cole was an ROH world champion. He leaves ROH in New Japan, goes to NXT, one of the biggest stars in NXT history, the longest reigning NXT champion for Hangman Page. He was basically a jobber before he goes into the Bullet Club, but he goes into the Bullet Club, becomes a star, goes into AEW, has the whole two-year journey to the AEW World Championship. And you could hold tell that story with the best characters along with them, best supporting characters to tell this story at to, as they go into Revolution, which, which is the Young Bucks, which is the kind of the unifying <laughs> thing that unites these two Adams. So I think that we are in store for a great match at Revolution. And I think the next couple of weeks buildup will be really good as well. And Adam Cole's great promo here is a good start. What'd you think, Dutch? Yeah, what Sid said. That's good. I agree with it 100%. <laughs> hey, I'm not a real... I thought, I thought his interview was very good. So I'm thinking about his interview, and I said, I wonder, did Tony Khan, did he write that, or did Adam Cole come up with that? Adam Cole. I Adam said Cole. Adam Cole because it was, too, it was a passionate interview. And I enjoyed the match. Evil, you know, Uno, Evil, Uno. what is it? Yeah. Uno, Evil. Evil, Uno. Like, Good Uno like, is number one for the Bengals. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you didn't know, guys, that means Evil won. Chris Jericho yes. reminded us Jer on commentary. Jericho reminded us. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know, okay, we know now. It means so, Evil won. It, it was a good setup. I liked it. I mean, I think everybody and their brother knows that somehow, some way, Hangman Adam Page is going to beat Lance Archer in this Texas death match on Wednesday. I would be stunned if if they go another direction. So again, it's kind of like WWE booking this Charlotte and, and Naomi match next week. We all know Charlotte's winning. It's all about how they do it and how effective it is. But I think this is absolutely the direction you go. And if you think you think back to what Adam Cole said when Kenny Omega left, right? He said, Look, I'm I'm gonna make sure, you know, we take care of business and I'm I'm gonna hold things down while you're gone. Is there a chance that Adam Cole wins? At Revolution said, "No, I don't think there's a there's a chance because the guy that should be Hangman Page for the AEW World Championship just had the biggest win of his career. And yes, I'm talking about Maxwell Jacob Friedman, AMJF. They could, because we don't see this a whole lot with AEW, right? Kind of like what they did with the TNT Championship just recently with with." Sammy having it, and then Cody went, and then they hot shot it right back to Sammy. Maybe they do something like that. We haven't they really seen. Don't need do to that do that with, that with the. They don't need to do that with their AEW World Title. The reason why the AEW World Title has already become probably the most prestigious title in professional wrestling is because you had a five month reign of Chris Jericho that established the title. You had eight months of John Moxley as a pandemic champion. You had yeah. uh, you had. Kenny Omega for nearly a year holding it down to give it to Hangman Page to complete his three-year story of him becoming the AEW World Champion. There's always been a long plan 
to them booking these AEW world champions. I think that Adam Cole is getting this spot at Revolution because he needs a big singles match. He's named yeah. all the people he's beaten, and it's been big TV matches. But on pay-per-view, the only match he had was the full gear uh, six-man false count anywhere match. This is going to be his first big pay-per-view one-on-one match. It should be for the AEW world title. We shall see. We did have a championship match on the show tonight. <laughs> TNT title match. Sammy Guevara successfully defending against Isaiah Cassidy. Um, Isaiah Cassidy, this is one of those guys that don't give him the ball to run with very often, but when he does, he makes the absolute most out of that opportunity. Uh, and I thought this was a really, really fun match. And I thought they did a really effective job, Dutch, of, of making you feel like Isaiah had a chance to win this match tonight with all the, the guys who were surrounding the ring. And it was a lot of Sammy versus the world tonight. A couple of nice little false finishes there. I thought they did an effective enough job of making you think Isaiah had a chance, even though he didn't have a chance in hell of winning this matchup tonight. But overall, I thought <clears> good match. Was fun. Very good match. Fun. And Sammy had his, his ribs taped up, but he didn't sell those. He didn't sell the ribs to way late in the match. So I think he could have sold it a little bit earlier, but that, that's a little point. But, but when he did sell it, 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 it worked. And then at the end, he was outnumbered. And then here come Darby Allen, right? Is that Allen? Yeah, what's his yeah name? that was a mm-hmm. really nice tease. Yeah, that was good. And then they looked at each other. And I haven't been, I missed a week of AEW. So I'm thinking Darby Allen is probably wants to challenge for that title, right? That's, uh, his, just, that's the title that he held yeah, last year. And, yeah. Right. I mean, the, the way he, he says, I'm not here, I'm not here for you. Back. I'm here for me because right. I want to take it off it, which made sense. And they did that in a, in almost a, an, an optical fashion where you didn't even need words for it. So, yeah, this one I, I mean, segment, it made, it, and it made sense. This one segment sees a couple of matches. You could do a tag match with Darby and Sammy versus Matt and Andrade. You could do Andrade versus Sammy. You could do Darby versus Andrade, which it seems like they've been building towards. And then at the end, they tease Darby and Sammy, which I like the whole story of the the first time they ever went one-on-one was in that same building in Chicago at Revolution 2020. And we get a tease of a rematch in the same building. Good storytelling there. That was uh, good. I'll, I'll say this much. If anybody ever looks at you the way that Darby looked at that TNT championship run, because it, it, it's not, it, it's not healthy. It's that's not a healthy stare. And for a second, I'm like, man, he's in love with that thing. And then I'm like, oh no, that's, that's an obsessive. That's an well, he obsessive. probably is. It. He probably is in love with it. <laughs> I mean, that's when Darby was at his best was when he was the, the TNT champion. And I, uh, again, I love, how this company books this championship like it's just as important uh to the talent and to everybody else as the uh um so are you saying they book they book their stuff better than wwe uh yeah that's not not even a question it's not a question can you i can't believe you can you believe you said that fact just is (laughs) i I wish wwe would take some notes i do do you think what they, they watch that show? You think Vince watches that show? No. He used to. Probably not. I, uh, I think he does. I think he does. I got I got I got this message from uh True Hill Romeo of True Hill Heat. Uh Tony Khan put out a tweet and he said, and I quote The forbidden door can be opened for anyone from any wrestling promotion in the world, whether or not it's a company. 
AEW is on good terms with, even if it's someone from a company that's open for business. They're also welcome to slam the door in the face of their prior company. Very vague, but um, what's that mean? Very vague. That's what I said. Nah, it was... that's, that's something. Else. Oh, let's interpret this bull crap. <laughs> I, I don't get it. You the forbidden door is open, but no, it could be slammed in your face. I don't is, this get a, it. is this a tweet that Tony Khan sent out? Yeah, it's a tweet that I Tony think Khan Tony Khan out. needs. He needs to put that pipe down. That's what he needs to do. <laughs> I think I, I think I'll do a tweet to Vince. Wow. All right. So a free agent debut. Possible. Door signing a contract and then slamming the door shut Wednesday on Dynamite. Well, oh, he, it's another, it's a another big, WWE he, free agent. That's what it says to me. Yeah, uh, he has a, he has a big announcement Wednesday. Big announcement Wednesday. So. It's going to be a debuting talent. And it definitely seems like based off the wording here. Uh, that he is going to be a, a former WWE guy. So that's let's best let's play, in his glory. I was going to say, let's it? play the speculation <laughs> game, everybody. Best in it? his glory. It's Keith Lee. That's what I think. That was the, the rumor in today's Wrestling Observer newsletter that they've been in talks with Keith Lee and that his emergence, his arrival is imminent. And if you look at the batch of talent, which was a really good batch of talent that became officially free agents on Wednesday, Keith Lee is the head of the head of the list. And that's the one I would sign up immediately. I mean, there's there's a lot of people, honestly, that I would sign up immediately out of that class. I would sign Keith Lee, Athena, Karrion Cross. Yeah, there's. You, you can't sign everybody. That's the that's the biggest thing. Eventually, I, I, would, I, just, I just sign. I just sign them all. Of course, I couldn't pay them, but I could sign them. <laughs> Duh, so, what you're saying, Dutch, is you're you're open for business. You'll uh, you'll yeah, sign. Yeah. You'll sign, sign anybody. anybody. I don't care. You'll be a manager I got, again. You want to be a I manager? Got, hell no. We want. You the, we're going to have you the Dutch Mantel brand. Seriously, you couldn't melt and pour me around that ring. Not now. God, <laughs> you did. You broke. You I, broke Rick. Yeah, <laughs> I'm out of drink. <laughs> I will agree with you. I think it is Keith. I would manage you, Rick. Though I, I do that. Uh, that, that would be. I, I, I would entertain entertain myself. It's a damn shame that my back is finally given out. Um, we got guesses here: Ty of Valkyrie, uh, Wyndham Rotunda, Davy Boy Smith Jr. I think it's Keith Lee. Uh, Steven says he'd like to see Cross and Scarlett go to AEW. I think it's going to be Keith Lee. Uh, Cross got teased on uh, MLW this week, so could be. It's, it seems okay, let like me ask you this. There. Let me ask, how many companies do you think AEW works with? They've, all of, all they've of them officially worked with Impact, all, all of them. NWA, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, AAA, Mm -hmm. uh tokyo joshi pro um i believe that's all the companies they worked with impact has worked with a lot of companies as of late they had one episode last week where they mentioned mickey james being in the wwe royal rumble they had bullet club from new japan pro wrestling they had dan lambert in the crowd from aew and yeah so they they both companies are doing a lot with different companies all over the place 
AK Ray asks, will this be the last match of uh, Goldberg and his current deal? If you take Goldberg by his word, yes, he had one match left in his deal. Uh, this will be the final match, which means unless he signs a new contract, uh, Big E's not going to get his uh, his dream matchup. It's a damn shame. Sid, we finally got uh, Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez tonight. This is one that they have been building uh, weeks for. A lot of passionate promos here. Thunder Rosa came down to the ring, pissed off, uh, ready to fight. I thought this was a, a, a really fun uh, matchup, really good matchup. A lot of, lot of anger in this matchup. And then kind of a surprise here. Only the second DQ, I think, in the history of, uh, of AEW when Mercedes Martinez grabs a pipe, a steel pipe, and just bashes the ever-loving shit uh, out of uh, Thunder Rosa, which, again, since they happen so very few, they don't happen often in AEW. They're impactful when they do happen. This is basically the anti of what happened at the Rumble when a DQ kind of made sense with Roman and Seth, but we're so sick of them in WWE that people hated it. This actually meant something here, and then we find out just exactly what it meant. Yes. Which was very simple, very basic storytelling that made sense and made all of this so much better. You think that Mercedes Martinez is brought in by Jade Cargill to help her out, but it's really Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, who is the money woman in this situation, the bag woman uh, who is holding this, who is who is writing the checks, who's footing the bills because she wants Mercedes Martinez not to take out Thunder Rosa. She was pissed off about this, uh, the, this, this win for Thunder Rosa. She wanted Mercedes Martinez to beat Thunder Rosa, to knock her down on the, on the rankings. Exactly. Dr. Britt Baker did not have to face Thunder Rosa because she does not want to wrestle Thunder Rosa again, because she knows if she does, she's losing that AEW women's championship. This was brilliant, simple storytelling that made sense. I loved every second of it. Yeah, this was this is why you don't need to do non-finishes all the time on every show. This is literally only the second of this year DQ finish. This is literally only the third DQ finish in on AEW television that they've ever had and the fourth DQ overall in 3 years of this company. Like, yeah. I don't like, even remember the other two, to be honest with you. The, I don't even remember the other two. Uh, the first DQ was in the Iron Man match with Pac and Kenny Omega. The second DQ was uh, QT Marshall versus Cody Rhodes, where QT Marshall punches out the referee, which was Arn Anderson. The third DQ was the first episode of Dynamite on TBS with uh, Sean Dean and MJF. And then this year was the fourth ever dq in aew history and the fact that i can name all of them in three years tells you how few that it is and it makes it impossible (laughs) and i felt like this was the perfect finish for this match this was the first match between them they have a grudge going on they came out very aggressive we got a dvd off the top rope they were hitting big moves and it just it just worked and then her pulling out the pipe and knocking her out was perfect and i love Britt baker adding that promo, revealing that, because I've been wanting this for a while. I've been talking about it for weeks on this show. Rosa versus Baker 3, that needs to happen. Um, it, I mean, the fact that we're starting it now, it could happen at Revolution. Yeah. It could happen at Double or Nothing. I don't know, but this is the biggest women's matchup that AEW can give us, so I'm glad they're starting to build to it. 
Well, when I was watching the match, when the pipe come, come out, that grabbed my attention. Because you don't ever see that in like a woman's match, a female match. And she and it looked good. Bam, she whacked her, and then she was holding yeah. that pipe. I said, damn, it's a little strong for a woman's match. But I, I but I missed the whole interview because what was what was Britt Baker telling uh, Martinez? If she can't, you didn't do the job or what? Yeah, yeah. You, she basically told her you didn't do the job. And she was like, did you think that Jay Cargill was the one that brought you in? He, she was like, it might have been Smart Mark Sterling that handed you the check. But I, the name on the check was Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. I'm the one that brought you in. And I didn't bring you in to just take out Thunder Rosa. I don't want any wins for Thunder Rosa. You need to beat her the next time you're in the ring with her. And then um, so the Martinez got nerfed. The DQ was a win for Thunder Rosa. Correct. Yes. But if you get hit, listen, this is where you got to suspend belief or disbelief. If you get hit with a lead pipe, don't you think you would have some issues with your brain or your neck or wherever you get hit? And and the interview was so close to the end of that match. It was. And I think, well, I think people naturally assume, well, it was taped later. But I don't know. No, I, I, I mean it was a little, a little fast. Don't defend afterwards. it. I was surprised. I know I was. No, I was. He's defending Thunder Rosa. I know. Oh, of course, of course, I'm defending Thunder Rosa. But I like the storytelling with the promo because it sets up Mercedes Martinez to beat Thunder Rosa because of that that pipe shot. And then with her beating her, she's getting what Doctor Britt Baker wants. So they're telling they can tell a long form story where they don't have to get to Rosa and Baker until like double or nothing. Yeah. I mean, and there's a lot that they could tell because the other thing that they tease is they continue to tease the fact that Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and Ruby uh, uh, Rebel, excuse me, uh, could be breaking up soon because there's only so much. It's just like Wardlow and MJF. There's only so much abuse that you can take before Jamie Hayter, you know, finally says, well, F you and she beats the hell out of her and turns on her and makes her baby face turn. And maybe that's what they do to kind of fill the gap. But or they get uh, to Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa at, at double or nothing. So there's, they don't rush anything in AW. They take their time, they plan things out, and for the most part, they they follow through on those plans. So yes, I really and really love this. What they also do is they get like somebody like they have this going on, and you're like, oh well, who else are they gonna go to at Revolution if you prolong it for double or nothing? Mm. They've already started heating up Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb is over here on the side where you can automatically just throw her into a segment with Dr. Britt Baker, and there's your AEW women's title match for Revolution. I think AEW female division is better than WWE. I really do. Well, they got they got more girls. I mean, really, who does who does SmackDown concentrate on? Charlotte. Charlotte, and I mean four. And whoever Charlotte's facing. Yes, pretty much. But but I would say I would say due to the losses that are the releases cuts that WWE has done, plus the additions that AEW has had, especially in the last six months of Ruby Soho, Mercedes Martinez, the emergence yep. of Jay Cargill. Yeah, I would say that AEW, they have six to seven to eight different women that I'm interested so Mercedes, in that I, want, that I want to see wrestle more than WWE. And they so could Mercedes, bring in the likes of Taya Valkyrie. They could bring in Athena. They could get really, really strong 
here soon, even more than they already are. So, uh, did uh, I can't remember her name now. I'll get it in a minute. So, are you saying with the addition of the ex WWE talent, that's why the division is so so good? Is that what you're saying, Sid? Well, it, it, it's the same. Uh, not to speak for you, Sid, but it's it's simultaneous with the what with the ones that they have been able to build up as well. So they have developed their younger talent, and then they're bringing in people to supplement that and making it even stronger, just like they've done with the men's division. To be honest with you, like in like I'll just compare it straight off the top. Like I like a lot of the the girls on like a NXT, for example, but. If you if you told me choose between Raquel Gonzalez, Cora Jade, and JC Jane, or Tay Conti, Jay Cargo, and Anna J, I'm taking AEW. The and I, those mm. are those are that's the best comparison of where they are in their experience and talent wise and how they look at stars. You know, Jade Raquel match up very well. I'm taking the AEW side because Jade is the biggest star out of everybody I just named. And Tay Conti is the most improved out of everybody yep. I just made. I agree. By the way, uh, something to bring up. The uh, the dark match tonight uh, for SmackDown was Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Now, that does not necessarily mean that they could be coming up because the dark matchup that we saw uh, just a few weeks ago was Pete Dunne and Tommaso Ciampa. And a lot of people, including myself, were kind of hopeful that they would be brought up imminently. That did not happen. So it doesn't necessarily mean anything, but they're being looked at. So maybe possibly some reinforcements are coming to the SmackDown women's division in the likes of Io Shirai and Raquel Gonzalez. And I that, that, that makes zero sense to me. They bring them up to look at them. Don't they have them on contract so they can go down there anytime to look at them? But let's bring them up and let's look at them. But it might also be to see how they get a reaction from a non-NXT crowd because NXT is mobile right now. So it seems how... How does the the casual audience in Oklahoma react to Io Shirai and uh, and and Raquel Gonzalez? Maybe that's part of it, but I'm not sure. Why does that matter when they have canned noise? Yeah, <laughs> like 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 literally, yeah. literally, you you can try Look, to I'm make you can saying. try to make sense of anything WWE does. You also have to understand by, by trying to make sense of anything WWE does somebody could say one sentence that totally tears that apart <laughs> yeah no you're right i didn't even think yeah no and it's not like they care about their audience anyway but i could see them saying that that's why it's for yeah, yeah. but it doesn't matter in the long run anyway let's see, get to i can main- i can see them bringing up a guy that they've never thomas how do you say his name Chiampo? tomaso champa tomaso champa okay how long has he been there 10 years since 2015. Uh, he, he's yeah. been there since damn World War II. So damn, they got to know what he I looks mean, like and what he can if do. You go back if you go all the way back to Thomas Whitney Esquire. Yeah, yeah. See, that was 2002, well, I think. I don't get it. So, but anyway, I'll uh, take your to, I'll take your definition. Let's go. Let's real quick. Let's get to uh, the main See, event. He's cocky with- today because his damn Bengals are going to Super Bowl. Cocky as hell. The only thing that's made me smile in two weeks. Uh, I think I think they'll win too. I. All right. So uh, man, if, if they don't win, he's going to say I jinxed them. Watch. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Probably. Uh, I'll, I'll be happy no matter what. To be completely honest with you. Uh, yeah, main event man. tonight: Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal. Uh, I missed a lot of this because I got a phone call from my wife. Uh, so I did see a great finish. I uh, 
Jay Lethal looked a little bit dumb, not going for the cover when it looked like he had Ricky Starts beat. But the the lethal injection into the Rochambeau was fan freaking tastic. A great finish uh, to this matchup. Uh, Sid, what did you think overall? I mean, it's the FTW Championship, so it's kind of like, eh. But it's a main event for Ricky Starks, and I'm sure he showed out through most of this match. Uh, Ricky Starks and Jay Lethal showed out in this match. They showed really great chemistry with one another. They uh, a lot of like chain wrestling early on. Then we had more of like the high impact moves. There was a lot of hard hitting strikes. Like Jay Lethal was lighting Ricky's chest up with those chops. Where the point where Ricky's chest was bright red by the end of that match. And the finishing sequence just had the whole crowd on their feet. You know, is that's the end of like a four hour taping for AEW. So the fans were at least vocal for the many people that was there. But you had Dante Martin getting involved and powerhouse Hobbs. And then that that reversal for the finish. That was one of the best finishes that yeah, I saw to imagine. This was on a ma- on a night of really good wrestling. Sammy and Isaiah was a was a good matchup. And, you know, Cole squash was effective. And Mercedes Martinez and Thunder Rosa showed out. I would say this match lethal and Starks was the match of the night. Would you agree with that assessment, Mr. Mantel? I guess. No, Jay Lethal, I like him. I've had him. I was around him in TNA. Very talented. Good interview. He can do. He used to do a deal. He does Ric Flair. Oh, he does him perfect. Oh, and he's a great talent. And he's a good guy, too. I like him. And I didn't see the finish because I was too busy trying to get this thing to work. But. What was the finish on that match? Uh, Lethal went for the Lethal Injection, and he basically caught him in midair and hit his Rochambeau, which is like a reverse power slam. Mm -hmm. It's worth going back and watching if you have the ability to do so. Well, I will. I will buy it. It's really, really good. I'm going to go right now. Yeah, there you go. I'm going right Uh, in there. So, uh, Sid, what did you think was the better show tonight? (laughs) That's a good one. That's a good. I think this is like a few weeks in a row I'm picking Rampage, but yeah, Rampage. I I think, look, I think Rampage was damn near perfect tonight. Like I know there somebody hit us up in the comments and said, "Hey, it's okay to criticize AEW," and it's like, and we do, we do criticize AEW when they do things that that are messed up. Who they didn't do that? anything. They didn't do anything that was messed up tonight. Check out AE Ramble where I rip apart brandy rose and dan lambert promo segment or believe oh, in was... pro wrestling podcast where yeah I where we did the same thing I, I, yeah, yeah i i rip it anytime there's a bad segment on AEW, promise you i will rip it apart and i'm not gonna have a good time but i they, what was there what was there to criticize please let me know there, there was nothing <clears throat> to criticize tonight i thought rampage was a perfect show tonight oh stop and, it and Rick. especially up against what we got on smackdown it made it look even better Maybe I got some rose-colored glasses on some things, but from what I saw, again, I missed the, the early part of the main event. Uh, I thought this was some- so. Rampage was taped Wednesday, right? Yes. Am yes. I correct? Okay. Yeah. I did see a guy at AEW with a with a a paper box on his head. Did you see that? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. What did. what what was that? Not a strange, a strange guy. Um, that's all. Maybe I can... he's maybe he's a Chiefs fan. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Uh, good, good, good comment here from Romeo. He says the weekly SmackDown sandwich. Good opening, good ending, crap in the middle. It's a shit sandwich. Yep. 
They got beautiful toasted brioche buns on each side and liquid shit in the middle. What language? What time is Touch, it? It's after, it is it's 12 after, 40 it's, in the morning. Well, it's after 12. I'm glad it is. What if you got kids listening to this and they hear that language? That's why they're up at this point. They we may have to do hours. Uh, yeah, we may have to do a damn uh, cancel on you, Rick, if you don't watch that cancel, language. Cancel culture. He's gonna. Fi- yeah. He's gonna. He's gonna burn in the fiery embers of cancel culture. Yeah, the glorious that's what it is. flame. The glorious burning flames of cancel culture, or whatever Dan Lambert said. That was the only like one of two good lines <laughs> in that whole segment. <laughs> Uh, for the 55 people or whomever uh, is still watching now, we appreciate you guys uh, tuning in to the weekly show. It's great to have the band back together. Nice to be here with you all again. Uh, good times. Hopefully SmackDown's better next week. Hopefully Rampage keeps up. I mean, it can't get worse, right? Oh, oh no. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't say that. <laughs> don't say it can't get worse because again, it can. Believe me. I feel like I need to say this disclaimer every time. Love the talent, hate the booking. And that is the biggest problem with WWE right now is the entire creative process. All we can do is sit here and hope it gets better. But, hey, at least if it doesn't, it gives us stuff to talk about. No kidding. A lot of stuff. Appreciate you guys. Follow us on the Twitter machine. Listen to Sid's show tomorrow on the True Heel Heat Wrestling Channel, which comes on at 11 a.m. 11.05 11.05 Eastern Time, myself, Miss Chrissy Love versus Carissa Lopez and Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net in our latest fantasy wrestling draft. Check it out. True Hill Heat 161. Follow him at Dirty D Mantel. Follow me at Rick Uchino as you see on the screen. And again, Believe the Pro Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel, B-L-E-A-V. Please, please subscribe. Uh, hoping to have some really good things coming your way next week for Super Bowl week. There are conversations being had. I hope to have a surprise guest. Uh, we shall see. Win, lose, or draw. We'll talk to you guys next week where I'll be even more obnoxious waiting for my Bengals to play in Super Bowl 56. Have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>